Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Awesome. Well, I'm going to pray and then we're going to uh, gather around the Word of God together. Why don't you join me as I pray? Lord, I thank you that your presence is here. Lord, I thank you for everyone who believes in you that actually your presence dwells within. And so, Lord, we are uh, welcoming your presence, not because you're not here, but because we want more of you. Lord, we pray that you would increase in our lives even if we don't know what that means or what that feels like. And we thank you for your joy, your peace, your presence that is on us in the name of Jesus. Well, we're in our final week of our series called Dangerous Prayers. And I want to speak a little bit of faith into your life, no matter what circumstance you are, no matter where you are on your journey in prayer. And here's what I want to say is that prayer is the birthright of every believer. Every person who has accepted the refreshing, the renewal, the rebirth, every person who has chosen to be part of the eternal family of God, prayer is the doorway to communicate with your heavenly Father. Prayer is the doorway. Prayer is how God moves on the earth, how we partner with God. And so here's what I want to say is that God has called each and every one of us to have powerful prayer. God has called each and every one of us to be potent in our prayer. God has called each and every one of us for our prayers to pack a punch. Did you know that when we open up the Bible, when we read the Bible, the heroes of the faith, when we read, as we're going to read about a guy called Daniel, about Abraham, as we read about how the disciples prayed, how the Apostle Paul prayed, that did you know that we can pray with that same power? We can pray with that same potency. We can pray with that same punch. Not because of anything that we have, but it's because we have access to the same God. Now I'm speaking this to you, and I hope that you are allowing, opening your heart to start to believe it. And what we're in this series, we're talking about having dangerous prayers. Prayers that will disrupt the work of the enemy. Prayers that will be dangerous to the brokenness of your past. Prayers that will be dangerous to things that try to stop you from advancing in the kingdom of God. And this is our birthright. This is for every believer. This is not just for a special few And we're going to unpack this together. And the title of my message today, Dangerous Prayers, is this, But I Don't Feel Dangerous. Because I know that some of you, if you are like me in this place, when we start talking about dangerous prayers, you don't feel very dangerous. Maybe some of you, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't really pray, if I'm honest, let alone be dangerous. 
And this is something that we need to grow in together as a community. Do you know why? Because this is one of the key ways that God has called us to advance His kingdom on earth through partnering with Him and prayer. Who has someone in your life that constantly reminds you to pray? Does anyone have someone in their life that constantly... Do, do any of you find it annoying from time to time? Right? So if someone, if, you, if you're like, um, you've got someone in your life and you've got, you come to them with this situation and, and usually like you've got a concern or maybe you're having a little bit of a whinge and they said, did you pray about it? Who gets a little bit like frustrated, Okay. There's a lot of hands going on, a lot of little like nervous giggles, right? Okay. And sometimes, who gets a little offended sometimes? Like, how dare you? How dare you? I've been a Christian longer than you, okay? I think I've read more than the Bible. How dare you? I've read more Bible than you. Do you know what's happening in that time when someone asks you to pray, and even this is what I've noticed from time to time, even with Christians, is when you, when you say to them, have you prayed about that or have you taken that to God? Sometimes people say, no, I'm good. No, I got it sorted out, right? Because what is happening, and this is one of the key reasons that we don't get traction and momentum in our prayer and we need to understand this because this is the starting point of everything, is because prayer is unnatural and difficult. Do you know what's unnatural about it? Prayer challenges our self-reliance. And for people and humans, that is the most natural thing. We learn how to make our own way in the world, especially when it comes to things that are invisible and often intangible. All right, so if I'm going to learn how to pray, I must go from a, a way of thinking naturally around my circumstances and shift into the supernatural. And here's one thing that we've been saying in this series, that prayer is not the least that you can do. Prayer is the most that you can do. Who's also had like someone like give a little bit of like a token throwaway line, oh, I'll pray for you. Okay, yeah, okay, well, I've run out of options and the only thing that I could say to hope you make, feel, make you feel a little bit better so that I can leave this conversation and go to a happier place is to say, I'll pray for you. And that's the absolute opposite. Prayer is our first port of call. The best thing that I could do for anybody and the best thing that anything anybody could do to me is to connect my circumstances and my issues to the almighty, everlasting, all-powerful God. Am I right? It's the best thing that you can do. It's the most that I could do. The most that I could do is pray for you. Everything else, I'm going if, to, if you've got a need, I'm going to pray for you first and then I'm going to try and help you however I can. But the most important thing that I can do is entrust you into God's care, into God's provision, into His resources. And here's the issue. When it comes to dangerous prayers, most of us say, but I don't feel dangerous. Now, probably about a month ago, I got some solar 
installed in our house, all right? Some solar energy. And I got a big system in there. Why did I do that? I just like to buy in bulk, okay? So much so that when my wife, when, when I go shopping, my wife says, can you pick this up for me? She also adds, don't buy the big version of that because it won't fit in the fridge, right? But I've done the maths. I've calculated, all right? I, I want to buy the biggest thing of pickles that you can get because I love pickles. And so that's just me. So anyway, I got this solar installed, and what happened is there was a lag between when it was installed and when the energy company could come and fit the digital meter. So actually for a while, I could turn it on, but the meter would be running backwards. And I decided that that would be an unethical thing to do. And so what I did is I switched off my solar, even though it was installed, and I waited until that energy meter, the correct energy meter was installed. Now, here's what was happening at that time. I had all this power that I wasn't turning on. And this is true for each and every one of us. If we haven't learnt how to pray, is that we've got access to all this power, but we haven't switched it on. All I needed to do was to switch that lever from on to off. I didn't need to make my own power. I didn't need to generate my own power. And here's what I want to encourage you. As we learn to pray, what we are learning to do, powerful prayers, we're just learning to connect with God to release His power in our circumstance. He is the source of the power. It is not my concentration face, but there are certain things that I can do and we can learn together around releasing the power of God for dangerous prayers. When I was growing up, uh, I had a favorite video game that I used to play. It was called Time Crisis. Has everyone, anyone ever heard of Time Crisis? All right, so a couple of guys, all right, so pretty much almost nobody. Okay, so Time Crisis was a game where you have a gun. I know, okay, if you're offended by this, I'm sorry, just close your ears. You had a gun and you're, you're trying to rescue hostages, you're going through. And it was one of my favorite games as a teenager. And one of the things in Time Crisis is that you would have to go through different boss levels. Has anyone heard that term boss level, right? So in Time Crisis, there was a couple of bosses. So you'd go through the stage, you'd have to defeat a boss. There are five stages and then you'd finish the game, right? In Time Crisis, there was a boss called Wild Dog. All right, and another called Shirudu Garu, okay? Yes, I invested a lot of my time and life, and yes, I got pretty good at it. It's one of my, the highlights of achievements. So a boss level is when you get to the hardest level and you defeat a difficult adversary. And in our prayers, I believe that each and every one of it, everybody here, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, everybody, if you're listening on the podcast, everybody, everybody is called to pray at a powerful and potent level. Everybody is called to pray at a boss level. The problem is we don't, a couple of things, it's unnatural and it's difficult. We've established that because it's going to go against our self-reliance. 
And also, it just doesn't feel probably for us as magical. We don't, when we pray, we don't always see visions or we don't always get the answers that we want straight away. And so sometimes because it's intangible and we don't see results straight away, we give up. Is that anyone done that here in this place, right? But God has called you to have power in prayer. Maybe you know someone who has just really committed themselves to prayer and you'll be like, I, I could never pray like that. Like someone like if you know my mum, she's like, she'll be like, oh, Andrew, I was just like praying for you for six hours and I finally got the breakthrough. And I'm like, thank you, mum. I love my mum, but that's not me. All right. I'm going to pray probably not for six hours and I'm okay with that. But here's what I want to say. I can still pray powerful and potent prayers. And so uh, we're going to open our Bibles and we're going to look at three things that can make our prayers dangerous. And we're going to look at a story in the Bible and a figure in the Bible, a guy by the name of Daniel. So Daniel was taken captive and Daniel was uh, taken from Israel or Judah into uh, captivity with uh, regional superpowers, among which was Babylon. It was a very tumultuous time where there was a lot of change, a lot of things going on. And Daniel was positioned in a, a bureaucrat, a high-level bureaucratic position. And he was there and he served under probably about five different kings, which is amazing. So he had longevity. And Daniel was known as a person of prayer. So we're going to read from Daniel chapter 10. And in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel starts to pray and fast and he has a vision. So let's read this together. Uh, You can read along Daniel 10 verse 1. Some of this is going to come up on the screen. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true and it concerned a great war the understanding of the message came to him in a vision. All right, so this is pretty amazing thing that's happening. It says, At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Okay. I'm pretty sure no lotions means no lotions. Okay, what about a night cream? No lotions. What about an SPF with just like a moisturizer to protect my skin from sun damage? No, no lotions. And it says, On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. Right, This is an angelic visitation. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone. Gazing at this great vision, I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, 
and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Now listen to this. And then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself. Everybody say, humble yourself. Before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now, who can understand? This is like, a, this is like boss level, like spiritual warfare, uh, warring demonic regional superpowers, right? So this is quite a, uh, a, a hectic vision. And we see here a couple of things that we see is one is we see a lag went between when Daniel started to pray and when he received this vision. The lag was 21 days, right? And I think it's really important when we start to pray that we sometimes God answers our prayers straight away, but sometimes he doesn't. Now, there's all kinds of reasons. I bet this is a reason that most of us don't often think about. Why hasn't God answered my prayer? Well, he has answered my prayer. He's just deployed angels and they're taking a while to fight demons. I know that's a pretty big mind-blowing concept for people, but this is what is happening here. It says, as soon as you start to pray, I start to took action, but that process needed to unfold in the supernatural realm. Now, that's one reason. There's a whole bunch of other reasons. Sometimes God doesn't answer prayers because he knows that it would destroy us if we got what we wanted. He knows that we are not ready. He knows that we need to form our character. Sometimes uh, he doesn't answer prayers because of what he wants to produce within us. Sometimes he's got other things to think about. We don't know. Sometimes he does answer prayers. But it's important that prayers, we know that prayers sometimes have a lag. But here, let me give you the first of three things around dangerous prayers. And these are three things that anybody can do. And the first is this. Dangerous prayers start with humility. This is what we see. Now, humility is God-reliance, not self-reliance. Do you remember in the, in the beginning why it's so hard for us to pray or why sometimes when someone says, did we pray about it, why that kind of triggers us is because we naturally rely on ourselves, our own achievements. We don't want to give control to other people. But here we see that humility is the beginning of dangerous prayers because we are looking to God for answers. And in this passage, we see that Daniel humbled five things. We can see from this passage. The first thing he humbled was his mind. 
He humbled his ideas. The second thing he humbled was his heart. The third thing that he humbled was his schedule. You know what prayer requires of us? Is to say, hey God, I reckon if I took some time to bring this to you, even though I'm busy, that you might have an answer for me. You might have something I haven't thought of. You might actually work on our behalf. But sometimes we are so prideful, and I'll use that word prideful as a contrast to humble, that we don't slow down enough. We are too busy to pray. And I'd say the opposite is true. We are too busy not to pray because God wants to be present in our situations and our in our circumstances. He humbles his mind. He humbles his schedule. He humbles his diet. You know what we do when we begin to fast? We remind ourselves that our greatest hunger and our greatest need is for God and the presence of God in our life. That's what we do when we, when we fast. We say, God, we're just doing this. As I'm feeling hungry, it reminds me that your word said, when I hunger and thirst for you, you will fill me. This is what Daniel did. He humbled his diet and he also humbled his appearance in this case. And why do we do that? Sometimes we, we do that to say, hey, I'm going to focus on God's approval, not what other people approve of us. And in the second part of, the, of verse 12, it says, Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now here's what happened. His humility is what made him dangerous. In this story, did you see Daniel doing anything particularly dangerous? No, God was the one that was releasing heavenly powers in his life. All Daniel did is he, he said, I, I set my mind to understand. I humbled my mind. I've stopped. I've hit pause on my schedule and I've sought God and his humility made him dangerous. Here's what I want to say is that everyone can be humble. In fact, even the lowest person can be humble. And in addition to that, it's probably even easier. Every single person can be humble. Say, hey, God, your will, your way, I'm hitting pause. I'm just stilling my spirit. God, what do you want to say? God, what do you want to say about my work situation? God, what do you want to say about my anxiety? God, what do you want to say about my relationship? God, what do you want to say about my past? We hit pause, we humble ourselves, and we allow God to move. The first thing is humility. The second thing is that dangerous prayers continue with persistence. Now, God started, God began to answer Daniel on day one. He didn't know that, but did he stop praying? He did not. Daniel just kept praying and praying daily, daily. Daniel was known in the Bible as someone with rhythms and patterns of prayer. Even at times, he was known for someone who would pray three times a day. He would set aside prayer three times a day. And Daniel knew that dangerous prayers start with humility and continue with persistence. Now, Jesus told a parable, a story about prayer, right? To have a, a teaching 
point about prayer. That's what a parable is. A, a story, a parable is a story that makes you think to teach you a lesson. That's what a parable is, right? And so in Luke 18, he tells this story about a judge, but he's not a good judge. He's a judge that is self-obsessed. He only thinks about himself. It says he has no regard for God and no concern for others. So he's this judge in this town, only worried about himself. And coming to this judge is a widow that nagged him. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. No one put up your hand. Anyone live in a house with a nagging? No, I won't answer that. (laughs) So this widow... This widow knew what it was to have extreme persistence in order to get her answer. And she kept petitioning the judge day after day after day. And essentially, eventually the judge got to this point where he said, look, I don't even know what this woman is talking about, but I just want her to get off my back, so I'm going to do what she told me to do, what she's been asking me to do. Now, here's what Jesus said. He says this, and he interprets it. He's saying, when you listen to this story, he says he told them a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So when Jesus teaches about prayer, here's what he says. Pretty simple, right? Always pray, don't give up. Say that again. Always pray, don't give up. And here's my question to you. What have you started to pray for that you've stopped praying for that God is saying you should keep praying? Now, in this story, Jesus said, God is not the judge that doesn't care anybody. And we are not the poor defenseless widow. Rather, God is a loving father and we are children who God wants to grant the request, but the principle is still the same. We should pray and not give up. What is it right now that you have stopped praying for because you've given up? Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Take a moment. What is it? There's something, and I know this is a specific word for you. Some people in this room are like, yes, that's me. God is calling me to not give up. Here's what I say. If you, uh, this is just, it's not in the Bible, okay? But this is something that I say. If you want to, uh, God to answer a prayer, pray for it a hundred times. I'm not guaranteeing that God will answer that prayer, right? But what I'm saying is, if it's something that is important, we need to learn how to be persistent, now, I remember it's probably about, maybe even about probably about 14 years ago, I was in Sydney, I was working uh, in corporate, I used to catch a train into uh, a suburb called Milsons Point, which is right on the Harbour Bridge, that's where I worked, and commute in there, and I remember getting up at about uh, 5.30 every morning, and I would get up and I would pray, I would actually pray for this church and I prayed day after day after day after day after day and I would pray for this church. I believe it was something that God put within me 
to see happen and to see work and to see work out? Did God answer that prayer? Not straight away. Did he answer that prayer eventually? Yes, he did. Probably about, probably about 11 years later. And I want to encourage you, what has God called you to pray for that you've stopped praying for that you need to pray for? This will do you good. Here's one thing that I want to say on that. There is power in learning how to pray until you get an answer. Now, I know that this might be a little bit of a difficult thing to explain, but there are times when you pray and something happens, something clicks in your spirit to say, hey, this is done, or you begin to see things change. And I just want to add that there, that that is really important that we have this persistence in prayer. This is the third thing and the final thing. I'm going to invite uh, Naomi back to the keyboard. The first of the dangerous prayers start with humility. They continue with persistence, both things that everybody can do. And thirdly, they find power in simplicity. I think one of the challenges and the obstacles to prayer is that we think we have to have all these knowledge, all this ninja techniques but God is saying if you can talk you can pray if you can listen you can pray and we don't need to wait yes we want to grow in our knowledge of the word of God yes we want to grow in learning different ways that we can pray learning how to pray scripture things like that but that doesn't stop you or limit you from right now, your prayers being powerful and being effective. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, He gave them a, a five-verse answer. And I'll read it to you, Matthew chapter 6. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't lead us. Don't let us yield to temptation. But rescue us from the evil one. It's a simple prayer. And I encourage each and every one of you. Let me just share a little bit of my heart about the future of this church. One of the things that God has called us as a church to do is to reach people that don't know Jesus, invite them into our community first, and then allow them to experience Jesus for themselves. So in our future, this church is going to be filled with more and more people. Eventually, we'll need a bigger room that don't know Jesus and don't know how to pray. And we, not just me, but you, you're going to have the privilege of sitting down with somebody and teaching them how to pray. What a wonderful thing. You're going to have the privilege of connecting their heart to God. 
you're going to have the privilege of connecting them to all the resources of heaven. You're going to have the privilege of seeing the worry that they're facing be surrounded by the generous peace of the presence of God. This is not just something that I'm going to do or a select group. This is something that everybody is called to do. And so what we are passionate about is creating what I'm calling a baseline of prayer. We have our prayer journals up the back. And in that prayer journal is a simple model for prayer that is based on the Lord's Prayer. And my heart and my hope is this. Firstly, that each and every one of you are connecting with God on a daily basis. That you're pushing past the distraction. That you're humbling your schedule. That you're humbling your mind. That you're saying, hey God, you've got things You want to meet me but wherever I am, but also, God, you want me to be in a position to advance your kingdom. And so what I'm inviting you to do is to join us with these journals in this simple model of prayer. And it's something that is actually maybe not your first preference. It may not be your first or primary way how to pray, but it's something that we could share and you could get alongside someone else and we as a community could lead others in in learning how to pray. Okay, so I don't know if that's a big concept to you. Do you know what it means to be in community, Christian community? That we don't lead, first of all, with our own preferences, but we say, hey God, I want to partner with you to reach our city. Is that okay? You're willing to receive that? That's what we want to do. Let me just overview this really quick. And this is in our journal. It's also online. The first is this. The first is the P. Stands for praise and thanksgiving. Jesus said it this way. When we approach God, we say, God, you're holy. We see you as you are. God, we thank you. Do you know that praise is how we enter into God's presence? It says in Psalm 100, we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his thoughts, enter his courts with praise. This is how we enter into God's presence. And so as you're praying, you might just, you might just jot a few points down about what you're thankful for. I know personally I've shared this with my connect group that sometimes if I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself, I'll, I'll make myself write a list of 50 things that I'm thankful for just to get me out of my own head and my own circumstance. God is so good. Praise and thanksgiving. The next is this. Repent and receive. This is really, Jesus said it this way, forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. It's about living light. It's not about going through your whole life and and just being really paranoid not to make a mistake. But it's actually saying, God, I I need your power. God, I'm not thinking about that person the way you're thinking about them. I need your love. 
And it's the great exchange where we exchange our fear for love, where we exchange our worry for peace, where we come to God and say, God, would you just replace this with something of your goodness, something of your grace? We replace my effort for your grace. We replace my lack for your abundance. The, f- the third is this. We begin to ask. You know, God doesn't have any problem or any issue with us coming to Him and asking. In fact, He says, good, He's a good Father. And so we come and we're just real and say, hey God, this is a need that I have. Jesus says, give us our daily, the food we need, our daily bread. Here's what I want to say. God is willing and able. He wants us to speak and we trust Him to answer. The last one is this and we're almost done. It's saying yes. The why stands for yes. Do you know why? Because when we live under the authority of Jesus, under the obedience of God, And when we seek Him and say, Hey God, what do you want me to say yes to you today? It is so releasing. He might say, I want you to trust me in this area. I want you to take a step of faith in this area. I want you to bless that person. I want you to forgive that person. Had a recent story about God speaking to someone saying, I want you to forgive a family member. And God did and that was so powerful. And that's what it really means. So uh, I'm going to get uh, Sarah just to grab some of those journals and have those ready at the back there in a box up the back as well. Here's what I'm asking of you, that you would join me for the next two weeks to take that journal and practice that prayer each day. Could you do that with me? And maybe, first of all, you can do that for yourself. That's a good thing. But second, you could say, hey, I'm going to get in a rhythm where I could come alongside somebody who's newer to prayer and I could say, hey, this is a good place to start. As I said, it's a baseline. So you can add whatever you want. If you want to intercede and pray for five or six more hours on top of that, you can go for it. But we want to just have this baseline of prayer. And I want to say if you are praying another way, that is totally good. But I want to encourage you also to learn how to do this for the purpose of leading someone else into prayer and into the things of God. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray, first of all, just to bring some courage, bring some faith for those that uh, you need to pray persistently and consistently for a certain request. If that's you, could you lift up your hand? Because I want to release some faith that you've stopped praying for something that was important because of whatever reason. Yeah. Lord, I just pray that you just uh, give courage and strength all across this room. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to be done. Jesus, we thank you. Lord, let us set our hearts on what pleases you and what positions us to lead and disciple people into health and wholeness. Lord, I speak over this church, this congregation, that we are a city-winning church, 
that we are a disciple-making church. That Jesus, when you said, you gave the call to make disciples, that each and every one of us, no matter where we are, can say, I want to be part of leading people into that. And so God, I pray you'd release grace upon this whole group of people, those that are here, those that are listening online. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So Sarah's going to give those out the back uh, and I'm going to invite Twinkie. She's going to let us know about a couple of things before we have something to eat. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Prayer is available to the front. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.